0: Hi, and welcome back to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Frenchilli for Wahoos 24 uh, 7. Last week we had Cole Gear on the show to talk a little bit about his junior day visit. And this week we have another special guest. We have offensive lineman Grayson Reed on the show to talk about his. Commitment to the Cavaliers after visiting last month and also to talk about just more about him and so we can get to know him, but also who he's recruiting, why he chose Virginia, how much did the new facilities play a role in his decision? He answered a few of our Wahoo 24-7 subscriber questions as well. So that's coming in the second half of the show. But before we get started, why don't you go ahead? and click on the bell here on YouTube. So you're notified whenever a new video is posted and why don't you go ahead and like this video and like this channel. So it helps us a little bit with the algorithm. Um, And also if you want to just head over to wherever you listen to your podcast and follow our podcast from there as well. And obviously head over to 24 24 seven. And if you're not a subscriber, you can go ahead and and subscribe there for all your latest recruiting news and notes. We have plenty of content up. Just like I said last week, we talked a little bit about which in-state players to know. We also had a segment called Who's Trending to figure out which other players are trending the right direction after Grayson Reed's commitment. Who was our pick to commit next for Virginia? And also, we broke down the scholarship numbers because at the end of the day, it's all about how much slots you have for Virginia. So before we get to Grayson's interview here in just a few minutes, let's talk about who we expect to that Virginia can land in the 2025 class. So, right now in our Who's Trending, we mentioned that we had two crystal ball picks when we wrote that story. One of them was for Grayson Reed. And obviously, the second one is for Willem Thurber, the, the, the tight end from Deerfield Academy, which is the same school that Cole Gear is from, and also signee Tristan Ward, the wide receiver. Who is enrolling in the summer. So that is still a recruitment that we still feel really good about. Um, another another recruitment that we feel good about is still defensive back Sheldon Robinson from Woodbury Forest. So those are those are the guys that we still feel really good. Defensive lineman Tommy Rupley is another one. These are guys that we mentioned last week as well, and nothing has changed. Four more confidence levels on those guys. We're still trying to va- kind of gauge where Northwestern is in regards to Rupley. But again, those are the guys that we are still monitoring. And again, the who's trending is up on who's 24-7. It kind of gives you a load off on who's kind of trending higher right now, who's trending a little bit lower. And we're also going to get a deeper dive in some of the new offers that Virginia extended towards the end of the month. Now, we also posted the new scholarship chart for Virginia because that is important because you need to know how many spots you have open. Um, right now, as we have reported several times after the transfer portal and all that stuff, Virginia's at 84 scholarships. What does that mean? They have one more spot open, which means that they're, they're just kind of looking for the right fit. Most likely it will be at corner going into the um, spring portal season. Right when you think about what Virginia is looking at as far as 125 class, uh, again, if you look at um, we have the scholarship chart on Wahoo's 24 7 currently. If you look at that right Now you're going to see that there's going to be 18 players that only have one year left of eligibility, which means their eligibility will lapse after the 2024 season, which means you already have 18 spots that will open up after next season. So that means we can kind of already think that this is going to be about an 18 signee class in high school and portal. It's hard to gauge if that's going to be the number because the portal kind of throws that in a little bit array. Um, but you have a few guys also that might be considering NFL dreams like wide receiver Malachi Fields is a guy that could be eligible to go into the NFL draft early if he so chooses. So again, it's something that we're we're still going to be um monitoring a little bit as we kind of look forward here um with Virginia and all that's on Wahoo's 24/7 and it you know, I especially with the COVID numbers with the guys with extra COVID years coming towards an end, I believe the fall of 20 20- 2025 would be the last bunch of COVID guys who be going into the portal. i um, not going to the portal. But I mean, that playing football. Um, that's actually why a lot of the portal numbers are higher is because of those extra years of eligibility that COVID gave athletes. So that's going to be in the fall of 2025. So things are going to probably be balancing out here soon, but some of the numbers that we expected, you know, at quarterback we're probably going to expect one to two, obviously Cole gears are already in the class. Um, I expect them to be open to taking um, two um, running back. They're going, they have, um, they're going to be going down to three. I expect them to take one or two at running back. Um, at receiver with Robinson, they're about the numbers that they want. So if there's no attrition, it could be maybe one guy coming in too, but that's, that's going to be reliant on attrition at that position. And, you know, if Malachi Fields, a possibility of going to the draft early if he has a good season in 2024. 20, um, the tight end. They're going to lose two guys in Tyler Neville and Sage Ennis, both that have one year of eligibility. They're going to want to have two um, guys to replace them to keep those classes balanced. Um, So again, you can go on was 24-7. I mean, all the numbers are there. Again, all these numbers are numbers that right now we're seeing those positions and and those slots, but everything can be different in a month or two. I mean, there's spring portal that's coming up next. There's obviously the portal next December that could switch things up again. So again, this is all up in the air but we can kind of get a good gauge of where things stand for Virginia and the scholarship as we look forward to 2025. So and then on Wahoo's 24-7 some of the top some of the stuff that's going to be coming up on Wahoo's 24-7 with spring football coming up in just a little bit over a month now um, we'll have spring football previews um, we'll also be traveling with Virginia men's basketball team as well but we're also going to be looking forward to the 2025 recruiting class and breaking down. Some of the most realistic guys that are trending towards Virginia, realistic guys that we believe that Virginia is doing well with and who is going to be the priority guys as we look through spring visits and also those key junior official visits in uh, in June. So again, that's going to be some of the, the key spots that we're looking at and as well during spring evaluation period, we're going to see again, the coaches on the road, just what we saw in January. So again, we'll be following them on the road to see where they're headed who they're visiting so a lot of stuff coming on wahoo's 24 7 when it comes to uh recruiting football and obviously virginia men's basketball as well so we're going to take a a quick break but then when we come back grayson reed will join us on the show to discuss his decision to commit to virginia and plenty more And welcome back to the Goodall Podcast. I'm here with UVA offensive line commitment Grayson. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: No, thank you very much for having me.
0: So, uh, uh, Grayson, you committed just a few days ago. How does it feel mm-hmm. to be introduced as a UVA commit?
1: Well, it feels great. Um, I'm just walking around, walking around my school. I came back on Monday. Everybody, screwed, playing. My friends joking around, saying Mr. UVA and stuff. Um, but no, it was, it was great. I'm very, very happy. Um, it got a little ring. gotta get used to that, get used to being called that. Um, but no, I'm very, very, very happy.
0: You committed within a few days, maybe possibly of like a week from your visit for that junior day visit. What was it about that visit that you decided that this was the correct decision?
1: Well, I mean, so like just dating back to last April Heffernan came to my school. Um, and, I mean, I already had the connection with UVA, just obviously it being somewhat close. I've been down to Stroudsville, like, with my family before. But then Robbie Engenberg, a, a second-year safety, um, he's our coach's son. And so I played – like, he was a senior when I was a freshman. So I learned a lot from him about work ethic and stuff. And so just knew UVA. And I had been down for a couple games before, went down to camp, loved being coached by Heffernan. That was one of the big factors, just because me and Heffernan, I'm pretty close with him, Um, and I understand his – I um, respond well to his coaching style, so that was important for me. And I've been to the games, love the atmosphere, Coach Elliott and I. Like I would say we have a really good relationship. Um, And then just sitting down, like when I was on my visit, I got there a little early, had a meeting with Heffernan for about 45 minutes, um, just really talking about what my role would be, um, why they want me, how they're going to develop me, And that was really important. Um, And obviously at UVA, academics are going to be very important and a very vital um, part of my time there. Uh, So I needed to at least, uh, like I wanted to listen to what the academic advisors were going to say, what my support would be like. Uh, Wanted to see campus a little bit more. And I got to do all those things. Um, And when I was there in camp, you just saw the outside of the new facility and uh going inside it was it was pretty nice it's gonna be very nice so i'm excited to see what that looks like
0: you already touched on a little bit on coach hef and yours relationship mm-hmm. how would you describe his coaching style because we get a glimpse of it when the media is allowed and during practice mm-hmm. and it seems like he's really in your face it feels like he, he really gets you in especially those details and those techniques how mm-hmm. would you sum up his coaching style
1: Oh no, he's he's definitely very detail-oriented in my opinion but i think like when it comes to that because he's so focused on the details, it allows you to go in much. You start slower, but then once you once you have those details down, you're moving because you're not you're not forgetting about those. And I mean, he's he's from also from what I've seen on videos and stuff. He he'll yell sometimes, but I also do like that kind of coaching. I can take that pretty well, in my opinion. Um, and sometimes that'll fire. Sometimes I'm going maybe 85, 90 percent, and I'm false step or something. If I have a coach yelling at me. Um, I think that that's going to get he's going to get all out of me, and vice versa. So I mean, I just think he's a great coach. Uh, obviously, with him coaching the NFL, he knows what it takes to get there, um, and so he just brings a lot of knowledge. And one of the things he like talked about was if he doesn't understand the concept of the play or the style of the play, he, like he's not going to coach it to us. And he thinks he he was talking about how his meetings need to be be very um, interactive and make sure everybody's engaged and stuff. And so I thought that I was very interesting and very important for a very important part of my decision.
0: And I, I don't know how closely you follow UVA last season, but but when you did watch them or did see them, did you see the development in the O-line that kind of saw like, okay, this is what I would expect if I was an O-line and coached by Heffernan?
1: Oh, totally. Um, like I just, they were all, and from what I could tell, there was the details were there. They were doing the little everyday things, right, that sometimes um, you forget. Um, And obviously the concept, and when Coach Kitchens was talking about it, the concept, you know, outside zone a lot. But then one of my big things, I love to get out in space and stuff. And they talked about they let their linemen get out in space. Um, And so I thought that was very, very important. And, I mean, the O-line was doing their thing for – for the games that I watched and going back and watching tape and stuff. So
0: when you committed a bunch of guys from your class in the 25 class, were very excited. I mean, I know Kogir, we had him on a show last week and he was, he really wanted you to be part of the class. He's like, I need him in front of me <laughs> in the offensive line. Um, how's your relationship with those guys already? I'm guessing they received you as a warm welcome as, you know, John Adair is the first aligned commit. You kind of joined them.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, Cole, Cole's a funny guy. He reached out when I got the offer. We followed each other back. He texted him um, he's, he's a great guy. I really look forward to meeting him a person. And then John, uh, the Sunday after my visit, he got my, I don't know how he got, he just got my number somehow. And he was like, Hey, if you ever need anything, just let me know. And I think that was, that was really important to me because I mean, he wasn't, he didn't want to force anything onto me. He just, he wanted to build that relationship um and so I look forward to meeting him too and um Isaiah Robinson also he was he was pretty happy I'm also looking forward just looking forward to meeting everybody um and help building the class totally
0: and speaking of building the class now you're part of the group that wants to recruit others so do you have like a list I know there's a lot of guys in the DMV in the DC area the Maryland like in that Northern Virginia area do do you have a list of guys that you're like I
1: uh, I don't know if I have a list, but I mean, they're they're lacking players in the DMV totally. And I know Coach LA wants to keep um, recruiting in Virginia, um, and so I mean, most of, most of my guys are twenty twenty sixes. I mean, they have a little bit of time, but I mean, if Heffernan says or if any, if any of those guys say they want anybody, I'm I'm all in to help them with that. Um, I think that'd be pretty fun. So yeah, totally, totally. There are a lot of guys out there that could. That can be big players.
0: Which some of the 26 guys that you're already talking to?
1: Oh, well, just just guys that go to my school. Um, I was like, we have a pretty strong 26 class. Um, we have outside linebacker named Cole Riley. I think he's a very good player. I mean, I go up kissman practice a lot. Um, he's really good. Uh, we have a receiver, DJ Hill. He's pretty good. Uh more of a slot guy, very fast. Um, those And then we also have a – there's not at our school, but at one of the other schools in the DMV or in D.C. called St. Albans. There's a 2026 DB. uh, Zaire Kod, those are – and I've known him since we were in third grade. And, yeah, he's he's also very good. So if I can get Virginia, any of those guys, I think it would be very, very beneficial.
0: So what is your recruiting pitch when you are – appreciated how John kind of didn't push you but at the same time how would you sell Virginia to a recruit
1: yeah I think I would probably try to take like John's approach um build that relationship first know that because I mean I mean obviously I want, want to come just because they're good players but I still want to if they do become future future Cavaliers I want to be able to build that relationship um know that I also don't like with pushing somebody push them into a wrong situation it's not good for them but also the team um, so, I mean, I think obviously, the UVA speaks for itself, you know, high academic. Like, as they said, public, it's a public ivy. Um, and so I think for a lot of guys, that's very important. Um, and, I mean, Coach Elliott's a great guy. the coaches are great, um, especially for O-linemen. Heffernan knows what he's doing. Uh, and I would say I could probably speak a little bit better when it comes to O-line guys. But, um, I mean, I think the reputation speaks for itself. Um, and I would just probably take the Johns approach uh building that relationship but also cole man cole's funny he's very happy very adamant um and so yeah yeah uh, it'd be it'd be fun it'd be fun doing that
0: and i I know you you focus a lot on football obviously you're focusing a lot on recruiting process but you're a guy that does a lot of things for the community as well so i just want to touch on what you know you know a lot of kids on on sundays might have been decompressing from the week or even possibly from visits but you do something with your church and i kind of wanted to touch on a little bit on your community
1: oh yeah i mean i don't i do i have my offensive line trainer and my weight my weightlifting trainer back to back on sundays so that's why I do Sunday morning. Um it's not it's not an every Sunday thing. Um it's probably once every three weeks or so, but I just think that's a time for me to not decompress, but um just allow me to do something that's other football, other than football. Um and I mean why not help my community? Uh I mean, help help raise me. So that's a very that's a very um very big part, very big part of my life.
0: So one of the things that you do is you said that you were you help feed the homeless on Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I do. I enjoy doing that. Um, it just allows it. I think it just allows me to see I'm positively impacting somebody's life. Um, and I mean, I get to do it with my little brother, too, because uh, he needs the service hours. Um, and I do it with my mom. It's just it's a overall great experience. I really enjoy doing it
0: and i also um opened up some questions to our wahoo's 24 7 subscribers i like i said before the podcast i promise you everything is pretty tame so um one of the first questions is um if there's any players in college or the nfl that you try to model your game after
1: Mm -hmm. um so i mean obviously answered jason kelsey you know he's one of the best centers out there and he's, he's obviously undersized so how he uses his leverage and um and just how he plays the game, he's an elite player, um, but then also, like, when the documentary came out, how he is off the field, I think he's a very, like, he embodies Philadelphia, he's a great father, um, and so I think that he's one of those guys, uh, obviously, Trevor Williams, probably probably best tackle in the game, he's unbelievably fun to watch. Um, same with Penay Suárez, both two like mobile guys. Um, when I'm in high school, because I play tackle, so just seeing how they get out in space, how they move, um, how they really like learn to perfect their craft, but also adapt with the new um, with the new strategies of the game.
0: Uh, you say you, you know you you paid tackle in high school, but did they did Virginia say that they, they you you're going to be a, ver- a versatile guy, or how did they talk to you even a little bit about uh, where they see you?
1: Oh, no, they see me. They see me an interior guy, um, most likely center. And I mean, I'm perfectly okay with that. Just as long as I'm, get, as long as I can work and get myself on the field, I don't care where I'm playing. I just want to play.
0: One of the next questions is: Would you have committed to Virginia if you didn't see the investment that they've been putting on football, like with the new facilities? How important was that to be to for you to see?
1: Uh, I mean, that's obviously nice to see um, that they do trust. Coach Elliott and the football team. But I mean, I think one of the main reasons I did commit to Virginia was because of the academics and support that that, that came with that. But then also the um, the trust I have with Heffernan and Elliott. I do believe that they wanted to. And not the other programs didn't. But I just felt with them a really great bond and um, them wanting to see me succeed as a man off the field. Um, and I mean, yeah. The, all those, all those um, facilities are super duper nice. But I mean, every, everybody kind of has those. As long as, as long as there's a weight room and stuff, I uh, think uh, they'll find a way to make stuff happen. But no, that trust with Coach Elliott from the um, D and the university in general was very, very nice to see.
0: And I know, uh, like, kind of the media now is focusing a lot on the how that changes college football. But as a high school athlete.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you handle the recruiting process
1: um well i mean my whole thing was uh like if they if they want me they're going to reach out to me um i never tried to worry about the portal but i mean that was always in the back of the mind um personally it's it, it's so confusing to stay stay on top of i realize i'm so and i'll go on twitter and i'll see 30 dudes hopping the portal and i have no idea what's going on but um yeah, I mean, I think there will. There's gonna be spots out there for high school guys, um, and I'm willing to work. I'll outwork, Say, uh, I think I'll outwork somebody else. And so, if you really want it, I feel there's always gonna be a spot for you. Um, but you got to know where to look, and you got to make sure they they trust you and want you. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like you had to make a decision earlier because of the portal?
1: Oh No, I mean, I just I felt um, I felt very comfortable with my decision. No one rushed me at all and that I do appreciate that. But I was like just talking with my family and coaches and and, like my my school coaches and trainers, it was just I felt it was Virginia was home. And there's no reason to drag out um, the commitment even though it's because It is a little little stressful Um, and. I mean it was, I guess, in the back of the mind, oh, someone could come in, but I mean, Heffernan did tell me that he was I was the guy that he wanted. And so I mean, I felt that trust, but at the end of the day, I didn't feel the need to drag out uh, my recruitment process when I when I felt a play, when I felt I found a place that um was uh ideal and perfect for me.
0: Uh final question from a subscriber is what is your go-to move when you're blocking a rushing D-line?
1: Oh, uh, so usually because the league that I play in, I play in single a, the smallest in D.C. Most of the guys just shoot their hands right away and try to bull rush me. And so I'll just, like, take both my arms and chop them down. And then they'll already saw someone, so I'll just push them down to the ground. Uh, I like doing that a lot. It's, uh, that's that's pretty fun move, especially because a lot of guys are smaller than me. Uh, so n- never can go wrong with that. Or if it's a screen... Like I we we run out a lot of screens. The linemen get in space, I'll take a pass set and just slap the back of their um, like just them in the back. They they usually roll a little bit with momentum, and I can run out and get and get my hands on a safety or a corner or a, like a linebacker type player. So that's pretty fun.
0: And do you have anything that you wanted to share, like the Twitter account that you want fans to know so they can follow you?
1: Oh, uh, my Twitter is I want to say Grayson Reed seventy one. Um, Instagram is 4k Grayson, uh, and go who's
0: and thanks so much for Grayson for joining us on the show. It's always nice to have them on the show. So then you guys get to learn a little bit more about them before they get on grounds. Um, they're always, um, you know, character guys, high personality, and you know, they, they've made the decision to commit to Virginia and they have always have some good perspective on the recruiting process and what led them to that decision. So again, Grayson, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, always appreciate your time um, as a uh, recruiting reporter, as a reporter. Um, these guys give us a lot of time. Um, we interview them after every visit. We, we message them about when their visits are coming up. So um, it's always, I'm always grateful for their time that they give us. So again, that was Grayson Reed, um, Virginia's fourth commitment in the 2025 class, second offensive line commitment um but that's it for this week's podcast um next week we're going to have more of a basketball focused podcast before going back to recruiting but we're going to have a little bit of insight of where virginia's ncaa tournament bid looks like um after last week's game we're recording this after the day after virginia men's basketball lost to Pitt at home they will face wake forest on saturday so we figure Monday is a good day to reevaluate Virginia's stance in the Virginia, where Virginia stands in the NCAA tournament bid. Um, and where the ACC stands in the perception around national media outlets. We're going to have a special guest talking about that next week. So that's what's coming up next week on the podcast. And again, a lot of content coming in Wahoos 24-7 as we spoke about earlier. So for me, for right now, hope you guys have a great Thursday and a great rest of your week i will